Welcome to the Blue Jay Hunter podcast. I am your host, Ian Hunter. It's the postmortem on the 2017 season for the Toronto Blue Jays. Their season is over. They will not, in fact, be playing October baseball for the third straight season. Haven't done one of these podcasts in a while. I'll have a sort of explanation for you in a second. But coming up on this week's episode, we will kind of dive into the season that was for the Toronto Blue Jays this year. Also some interesting developments. We have Josh Donaldson coming out and saying that he wants to be a Blue Jay for a really long time. John Gibbons provides a update, if you will, on Devin Travis and a few other members of the Toronto Blue Jays. And what do the Blue Jays do this offseason? What does their shopping list look like to improve their roster in 2018. So yeah, as mentioned, I haven't really done one of these in a long time. I think it's been about two months or so. And if for anyone who's curious as to a reason why, I I mean, I don't really have a great explanation. Um, You know, a bunch of little things, I guess, for one, you know, the, the turn of the season of the Toronto Blue Jays, it was kind of difficult to keep up with them there wasn't at times there wasn't really all that much to talk about also I I, to be honest with you my time was kind of limited this year I've been doing a lot of writing for other outlets this year you may have read my work at Sporting News MLB I just started as a uh, MLB contributor there also been doing some writing for Daily Hive which is it's kind of sort of a uh, BuzzFeed type style site which is uh, across Canada it has outlets in Vancouver and Calgary and Montreal and uh, yeah also writing for my site at bluejayhunter.com so add all those things together and at the end of the day I really only have time to write maybe for one of those one place at one night and recording a podcast to be honest wasn't really high on my priority list so it kind of got put to the back burner uh, we will see what happens with this podcast. I'm I'm not saying it's over or that it's done. Maybe it becomes a an off-season only project because it seems like with the Blue Jays not playing, uh, my time will be freed up a little bit. Maybe we rework it and bring it back next year. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm not totally sure, but um, regardless, I want to say thank you to everyone who has listened this year. And thank you for all your feedback. It's been a really fun and cool experience this year. Like I said, I'm not 100% sure if this will be back next year. Um, But if it isn't, thank you so much for listening. I guess we'll just get right into it right off the top. The postmortem of the 2017 Toronto Blue Jays. They're not in last place. Like, how poetic is it that they spend 118 days in last place every single game of the regular season until the very last second they finish in fourth place which is I mean remarkable I never thought that was possible that they would finish anywhere but last place in the American League East and yeah it was a total I mean I would say it was this year was a disappointment it was a year of a lot of lessons learned um a lot of players which kind of showed their true colors, a lot of players that really came out and surprised, and a lot of areas in the team in which, you know, they have some very glaring weaknesses. And I think the front office, 
I mean, they fully intended on restructuring the roster in the offseason last year. And for one reason or another, just things never happened. Free agents signed elsewhere. Trades maybe fell through. And they those those moves really came back to bite them this year. They were an old team. They didn't run the bases well. They weren't a great defensive team. And the injuries really hurt them. And you combine all those things together, and it's not really all that surprising. The Blue Jays finished where they did. To me, I will I'm gonna view 2017 as a as a missed opportunity because every team that finished above 500 in the American League this year moved on to the postseason. I mean, the the Minnesota Twins are the one team where they finished barely above 500 and yet they somehow squeaked in. I feel like that give it the the roster that the Blue Jays have or had, I feel like they easily easily could have squeaked in as a wild card. And I mean, I would gladly take being a wild card team and even losing that game than being on the outside looking in. So, it was a uh, um, I wouldn't say it was a lost season, but it was definitely, it was right there for the Blue Jays this year. Um, and if they didn't succumb to these season-ending injuries and have all their key players go down at once, maybe they end up being a playoff team, but this year they weren't. And it's unfortunate, but next year is a, uh, this year is a, a definitely a huge lesson for the for them. And hopefully a building block towards something better next year. Uh, so Josh Donaldson came out and he basically, I don't know if it was really, he didn't really challenge the organization, but I mean, he basically came out and said that he wants to be a Blue Jay. He wants to re-sign in Toronto, which to me, I mean, I found pretty surprising considering that the way that he performed in the second half of 2017, if he goes to free agency, he's going to make a ton of money. I mean, he's not, he won't make Manny Machado style money or Bryce Harper style money when he goes to free agency, but he'll be, he'll be paid pretty handsomely. And it sounds like he wants to stay in Toronto. And I mean, that's exactly what a player should do is, you know, say, defend their, loyalty to the organization nobody would ever say outright okay I'm going to test free agency when they're a year away but to me it's I don't know I don't I don't feel like it's a power play by Josh Donaldson or his agent or someone whispering into his ear that he should come out publicly and say these type things Uh, to me that sounded like someone who is genuine and wants to stay in Toronto and understands what his value is on the open market and that he would prefer to stay in Toronto rather than test free agency. And I find that extremely reassuring because the the X factor in all this moving forward with Josh Donaldson is not whether the Blue Jays want to re-sign him or have the money to bring him back. The X factor is whether Josh Donaldson wants to stick around because, you know, this Toronto may not be an appealing market to him if the front office suddenly doesn't about face and decides that, okay, we're going to, we're going to tear this thing down. We're going to do a rebuild. We're going to, 
we're going to let the kids play for a couple years. I mean, how that's probably not appealing to someone like Josh Donaldson, who's, you know, 31 years old already, turning 32 and entering. I mean, I don't know. He's in the prime of his career right now. He doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to play for an organization who's about to, to tear things down. He wants to play for a perennial contender. So for Josh Donaldson to come out and state that he wants to stay in Toronto, I find that that can only be a positive sign for the Blue Jays. Now, the next move is whether Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins really want to table uh, a contract extension to him. And I mean, I feel like this is probably the biggest question this organization has to answer within the next 12 you know, 12 months, 14 months is whether they bring back Josh Donaldson to a contract extension. And I, I debate this back and forth, probably on a weekly basis. I, on one hand, I think he's a generational talent. You're never going to find another Josh Donaldson. You better overpay him to stay in Toronto because where are you going to match that kind of production? But then at the same token, he's a, He's a third baseman. He's not getting any older. He's already into his arbitration years. He's going to be in his mid-30s, and that tends to be when players break down. We saw what happened with Jose Bautista this year. You know, it's guys like Adrian Beltre are the exception to the rule. They are not the norm. And, I mean, I'd be willing to bet that Josh Donaldson's comparables are probably closer to someone like Beltre, but there we've seen way too many contracts to guys at this age crash and burn rather than pan out. So maybe the Blue Jays step back and say, okay, we'll give one more shot in 2018 with, with Donaldson. And if things tank early, maybe they trade him. but I, I think there's maybe a possibility that he just does walk as a free agent because next year he is crucial to the Blue Jays postseason drive and he's probably more valuable to the organization and their pennant race than than trading him away for assets right now. He's more valuable to keep the Blue Jays as a winner in 2018. So that's why I think he's he will be around next year for sure. Anything beyond 2018, I I really don't know with Josh Donaldson. It's it's very difficult to see. I mean, I considering the the deals that Mark Shapiro has made in the past, it doesn't it doesn't fall in line with what he would do in the future. But at that same token, he never really had that kind of payroll in Cleveland. In Toronto, he's got $150, $160 million payroll. And paying someone like Josh Donaldson $30 million a season, in Cleveland, I mean, that would be ridiculous. But in Toronto, that's that's market value for a player of Josh Donaldson's caliber. So I don't feel like it's all that out of the question. And a deal, something like that could be palatable. But it's this is a, a key question that this organization needs to answer within the next year. And you'll we'll find out one way or another where this team is going to stand. Because if they re-sign Josh Donaldson, all of a sudden it opens things up. It 
extends this window of contention. You maximize the years, hopefully, of your young pitchers, your young cost-controllable pitchers like Marcus Stroman and Aaron Sanchez and Roberto Suna and perhaps even someone like Joe Biagini. Whereas if you don't re-sign him, then that gives you the opportunity to open up more payroll, maybe a completely different direction, and maybe not rebuild per se, but you could go, you could do a Cleveland Indians model and try to sign guys on the cheap and maybe you bring in Vlad Guerrero Jr. as your as your new third baseman instead and and hope for the best. I honestly it's this is something that I flip flop back on and it's gonna be something I flip flip flop on in the next twelve months. Uh so moving on to Devin Travis. Uh John Gibbons was on with Jeff Blair and Stephen Brunt on Sportsnet 590 the fan. And Gibby did as he often does and he kind of gave a a bit of a rundown on the 2017 season and he didn't really paint a positive picture for Devin Travis. He made it sound like the doctors told him that Devin Travis won't ever be healthy enough to play a full season in the majors ever again, which is, I mean, I I don't have to tell you. I mean, that's incredibly sad for a player that that is that young and he's already suffered so many setbacks in his young career. I mean, this is a guy with endless potential when he's been healthy for the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, he's been a, he's been a table setter. He has been a difference maker. And I don't think there's any questioning the caliber of Devin Travis's play, not only in the field, but also at the plate. But now, I mean, you almost, after this news, I I feel like you, the Blue Jays really need to get a second baseman or they kind of have to decide what they want to do with someone like a Richard Urania and maybe they just give him the reins and give him the starting second baseman job next year. I mean, that's a huge leap for him going from from double A to the majors, but now all of a sudden I think I mean, I don't even think you can pencil in Devin Travis on the depth chart next year. Like, not not in the top spot uh, at the very least. It's That is something that needs to be addressed either via free agency or via trade. And, you know, someone I've always wondered who might actually accept a trade to Toronto, even though it was reported he... He blocked a trade. Was Ian Kinsler? He's got a, a one year remaining on his deal with the Tigers, and I think we can all agree the Tigers are going nowhere. So maybe he comes to Toronto. Um, I've heard the name Neil Walker bandied about. Maybe that's somebody the Blue Jays go after. It's unfortunate. I mean, I would it would it would make make people extremely happy for someone like Travis to take the job, run with it play 130 140 games at second base but given his body of work given what's happened with him the last two years I don't think you 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 simply can't count on him coming back and then you also have to answer the question uh Gibbons talked about this as well with Troy Tulowitzki I mean it's not this isn't something like a bone break like he suffered a pretty substantial injury he's also a guy well, he's older. I mean, he's in his, his mid-30s. You almost have to start put... You have to put Tulowitzki 
you know, kind of as a question mark for the at least the beginning of next year as well, because it's not like this is something with Troy Tulowitzki where he's just suddenly going to bounce back and he's going to be the, the Troy Tulowitzki of his mid 20s. Like, you, I think Jeff Blair mentioned this, but you have to manage around that. You kind of have to anticipate that Tulo might only play 100 games of shortstop next year, and you either have to get a uh, a solid defender at short, or you have to go out and get somebody who's offensively minded. And I don't know what if the Blue Jays have someone like that in the organization. Maybe it is a Richard Urania, or maybe it is a free agent out there, or a shortstop, or Zach Cozart. Like, I don't know. It's really, the to me, and we'll talk about the Blue Jays shopping list, but like middle infield, to me, is huge priority for for the Blue Jays this offseason, as is the corner outfield spots. If they do not address those two areas, or if they think that organizational depth is going to fill those holes and the team is going to be a contender next year, they've got another thing coming. I mean, Steve Pierce, you cannot count on him being a a starter next year. You can't count on Troy Tulowitzki. You can't count on Devin Travis. And I hate to say it, but you can't count on Teoscar Hernandez either. So there's four of your nine starting positions that are that are questionable. And even center field. I mean, Kevin Pillar, he's to me, he is someone who's probably expendable. If there is if the right trade scenario comes around, I feel like the Blue Jays need to explore that because I mean, at this point in Kevin Pillar's career, we've seen what he is. Uh, it was fun in April and May to see what the potential or the ceiling that he could be, but overall, that's the guy he is. He's a pretty good defender. He's okay to less than average at the plate, and that's the guy he is. I don't think it's suddenly going to click. If If April and May did not continue for the rest of the season, then that's who he is. So there's so many places the Blue Jays need to upgrade and have to if they want to be contenders. And maybe there is, maybe it is someone like Teoscar Hernandez who, I mean, really (laughs) the bar for, for outfielders on the Blue Jays right now is so incredibly low. I mean, you only need to stay healthier than Steve Pierce. You only need to hit better than Jose Bautista to win a starting outfield job with the Toronto Blue Jays right now, the requirements aren't all that difficult. And for someone that young, they're also not making a ton of money. So that's where I feel like the Blue Jays may lean in that direction for one position. But on the other hand, then they need to fill an outfielder spot. And, you know, may I'm kind of dreaming here, but maybe the Blue Jays revamp those Andrew McCutcheon talks Again, he's a guy in his 30s, but he's, I believe he's only under team control for next year. So maybe you extend that window a little bit. I mean, I'd much rather have someone like an Andrew McCutcheon who's an established major leaguer. Safe to say he's he's an okay defender, at least in a quarter spot, and he can handle the bat. And that's much more to say than than a lot of these guys on the depth chart. We're, We're still wondering what's going on with Dalton Pompey. And, but I mean, Teoscar Hernandez is 
a, a pretty interesting option. I think at the very least next year, he's going to be a fourth outfielder for the Toronto Blue Jays. If anything, maybe he takes the reins as the as the starting right fielder for the Toronto Blue Jays. But as I mentioned, the bar is so, the floor is so low that it's hard to think that these guys, that him or somebody else can't win a starting outfield job. Um, but uh, to me, it's it's that's simply not enough. It's got to be, you have to have guys performing at better than replacement level in the outfield. Uh, otherwise, it's the Blue Jays are suddenly back where they were this year and that's not in contention and I think we can all agree that that is no fun for anybody uh the last couple years were incredibly exciting and as I wrote today uh at bluejayhunter.com there was I went back to something that Jason Grilly said earlier in the season it's that losing only makes you appreciate winning and this year really kind of put the last two years in perspective in what's happened with the Toronto Blue Jays it felt this year felt like 2012 did like 2013 and 2014 did which was a disappointment and 2015 was it was like the Blue Jays put their their foot on the gas from about after the all-star break all the way through till October last year was less so that was it was really a grind in September but ultimately it it paid off and there were so many great memories there in the wildcard game and and in the ALDS but next year there's a lot there's a lot of work to be done i mean mark shapiro and ross atkins i feel like this year is really the the off season where they have to do a, a ton of heavy lifting last year they basically brought back most of the same cast they only signed you know a few relievers here or there the the Kendris morales contract and they brought back Jose Bautista, but this year there's a ton more work. There's way there's so many more question marks on the Toronto Blue Jays roster, and I feel like next year we're really going to get a a true sense of what these guys what these guys can accomplish, because I think a lot of people looked over to see what the Cleveland Indians did this year and last year, and they were pretty envious. And for the most part, I mean. Atkins and Shapiro were involved with a lot of those acquiring a lot of those players over in Cleveland and you're and they're finally starting to see the fruits of their labor in Cleveland right now with a nearly a World Series and arguably they're the they're the World Series favorite right now so you can't help but look over across the lake and wonder hey why can't that be us 2018 will be an extremely telling year for the Toronto Blue Jays one way or another. So that's it for this uh, edition of the Blue Jay Hunter podcast. Again, as I mentioned, not sure if we'll uh, be doing this throughout the off season, but if not, I would uh, just like to say thank you to everyone for listening and commenting this year and sending in your questions. It was tons of fun interacting with people and it was uh this is a cool little experiment to do this year. I never consider myself a podcaster. I still don't really, but um, it was kind of fun to put this together and, and get this out for you guys this year. So um, if we don't do this again this year, I sincerely wish everyone uh, an incredible 2017 
And uh, we'll be talking to you again next year. Again, at the very least, you can always read my work at bluejayhunter.com. And you can follow my work over at Sporting News MLB, where I'm writing about Blue Jays and Major League Baseball. And also contributing to Daily Hive. So those are three places where you can find my written work. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Okay.